Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. We are excited today. We, we actually celebrate whenever we finish a book and start a book of the Bible. And today we're actually going to be starting the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians as it's written to the church of Ephesus. And it's written by the Apostle Paul. It's one of the prison epistles. Paul is writing this in a Roman prison. And he's writing it to the saints of Ephesus. And it's actually, if you're a believer in Christ, the letter is specifically written to you. And so uh, hopefully if you don't know the Lord that you'll come to know Christ as we learn about what it is to choose to follow Christ, that you were chosen and, and that God wants that relationship with you. And one of the terms that you're going to hear over and over in this book is in Christ, uh, in the heavenlies, you know, and it, it's amazing as we dive into this. We're only going to cover two verses today uh, as we're going to be in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. I hope that you uh, enjoy this book. I hope it encourage you to read more of the book of Ephesians, uh, to continue reading it as, as we start the book of Ephesians today. If you want to turn your Bible to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, and we'll look at the Apostle Paul and how he got his credentials. This is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. And so that's where his credentials came. And, and, and it's important for us to understand what our calling is. You know, as we start youth today, that was a calling that had been put on their heart. It, it is a special calling, especially to do children's ministry or worship or any of these things you're called. You, you do it because you're called. Because when you do it, when you're not called, your flesh comes out. And, and, and the reality of it is, is like we want to be called because when we do it, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not something that we do. There are a lot of dynamic speakers today, a lot of them, but they're not called. And that's the problem with the church today is we have a lot of apostasies. And I think one of the biggest ones is in Atlanta, where I was born. We have some of the biggest churches, biggest church growth happening in Atlanta. And it's happening because they're, they're, the people are being told what they want to hear. But there are many pastors right now that are it's it's tolerance and and so one of the things we have to understand there's a calling that God has placed on our life and 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 regardless of what ministry you step in and this is why we see so many contemporary worship leaders that are fallen now right you find out that this person was in a band and they go why well, I, I you know I did it because I got gigs and I made money but I'm gay and it's like what were you doing what were we doing like, we didn't check this stuff out. There's got to be a calling on your life, and, and, and it, it's important for us to understand we're not called because 
men call us. We're called because God calls us. And when God calls you into the ministry, the power of the Holy Spirit gives you what you need to be able to do that ministry. Because ministry is hard. If nobody's told you that, I'll tell you, ministry is not easy. You wake up in the morning, somebody's died, somebody's sick, somebody's been in an accident normally. The good mornings is when it's just, hey, I need prayer because this happened. We pray. And that's not dealing with just your, your, your family. you got your family stuff you got to deal with. There has to be a calling on that person's life because there are going to be moments when you go, man, maybe I should have just been a, a gardener. <laughs> right? But you know what? There's a calling on my life, and I'll, I'm not quitting until God calls me home. And, and that's how our, our, our view of it should be is that, look, I can't do this in my strength. Sarah can't do it in her strength. Elva and Teresa can't do it in their strength, and neither can Reuben. It, it requires us to, to be in the Word of God. It requires us to answer the call of God. And let me tell you, the enemy wants to do everything he can to try to keep you from doing what God's called you to do. And he says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus. Now, we can change that because, like I told you, this was a circulatory letter that was written to the churches. And so you could write in there to the saints in Calvary Chapel Divine. So every time you're in this letter, I want you to think about that. Man, Paul wrote this letter for me. He wrote this for me. And I need to, I need to listen and, and pay attention to it. The fact that we call somebody a saint, you may be here and go, man, I don't feel like a saint. But if, you, if, you, if you've chosen to follow God and, and, and repented of your sins and asked Christ into your heart, you're a saint. You may not feel like that today, but you're a saint. Unfortunately, what happens is the reason why we have such a bad view of that word is because of the Catholic Church. The Catholic Church has actually used that word as, as a saint has to be, and this is what's crazy when you actually look it up, is in order for someone to be called a saint, they have to be dead. That's the first thing, right? That's rule number one, you've got to be dead. Rule number two is that, they, that someone had to invoke a prayer in your name. I don't want to be a saint if that's it. Because that's, that's wrong too. That's wrong theology. But do you see, that's what the world looks at when they look at a saint. What God looks at is he's saying that that word saint means that you've been set apart for God. If you've chosen to follow Christ, you've been set apart for God. And, and it's, it's for us to remember the understanding. It's like, you know, like I said, you may not feel like that. There are times I don't feel like that. But you know what? In the tabernacle, there are very normal utensils that were used. But they were set apart for God. They were holy and set apart. And it was just a regular utensil. And that's what God uses. He uses us. We are His... Is we have been set apart and we are to pursue holiness, pursue righteousness, and we are to, uh, to, to understand that God wants to use us because you've been set apart. And guess what? Yes, there is nothing special about you or me. But God loves us and God wants to use us. And, and, and at the end of the day, it's a blessing that we get to, uh, get to partake and, and be a part of being used in the ministry. Being used in our family to be a, a father or a mother. 
or to be a husband or a wife. And, and, and it's, it's like we've been set apart for that. Like you've been set apart to be that godly husband or that godly wife. And, and, and I love that. At, at the end of the day, it's like we are to be faithful in Christ Jesus. So he says, saints who are in Ephesus, faithful and faithful in Christ Jesus. So he's saying, look, you're set apart, you're holy, and you should be trustworthy. You should be trustworthy. That word faithful in, in Christ Jesus is to mean uh, the, the, the believing one in the Greek. But that believing one is someone who is reliable and trustworthy. It, it, it is the, the one that acknowledges that, thank God for Christ. Thank God that he paid my sin because, man, thank God he's my Lord and Savior. I'm faithful in Christ Jesus because I can trust who Christ Jesus is. He's the one that, that opened my blind eyes. He was the one that, that paid for my, my debt of sin. I was guilty. He's the one that died on the cross for the sins of the world. And we are to cast ourselves on Christ. And, and God says, and Paul, the Apostle Paul says, God places us in Christ Jesus. That's where you put your trust. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 30 and 31, it says, And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Because of him, you are in Christ Jesus. My love, uh, as we talk about being faithful, you think about the Apostle Paul. And all the trials and tribulations that he's gone through. And he's writing this letter and he's in jail. But he's faithful in Christ Jesus. In Philippians chapter 1 verse 29 it says, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ that you should not believe in him but also suffer for his sake. You know as we talk about things like when we, we start talking about things like marriage and raising kids and disciplining kids and all of that it goes so against the world the word of god does as well it is complete parallel and conflict to what's happening in our world today and the and, and you know the world is going to hate you it tells us that in john 15 verses 18 and 19 it says that the world hates you now that it has hated me before it hated you if you are of the world the world would love you as its own but because you are not of the world but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You will go through trials. You will go through difficulties. You will go through suffering. But you're in Christ Jesus. In John 16, it says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. When you're freaking out because there's a Chinese balloon, I have peace. Realistically, we go to the Word of God because we're in Christ. Look, I'm, I mean, we're in Texas. We shoot first and then we ask questions. I'm sure it wouldn't have made it anywhere. <laughs> it would, would have hit Laredo. They would have shot it down and all. But the reality of it is, it's like we have to remind our kids, hey, we have peace because we're in Christ. Well, this is happening over here. Or this is, I mean, the world is always going to go through turmoil. You find your peace and your grace through Christ. And Paul tells us, because Paul is like, man, I've been through, Paul's like, a, like, man, I love Paul. Paul's punk rock. Like, man, I don't know how many of y'all, I remember punk rock when it came out. 
And, and man, it's like, hey, you go against the culture. It's like right now, we go against the culture. We're punk rock, right? And what I mean by that is I want you to listen to what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23. He says, are they servants of Christ? I am better one. I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. I, once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Or three times I was shipwrecked at night and a day. I was adrift at sea on the frequency. Uh, frequent journeys and in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, dangers from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship through sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure and, and, and apart from other things. There is the daily pressure on me, my anxiety for all the churches. I love that. Man, that's so punk rock. Like he's saying, hey, man, like he goes again, if you're studying that, you go danger. How many times is the word danger in there? Because he's saying at the end of the day, it's like you're going to go through trials. You're going to go through sufferings, but you're in Christ. You're his saint. You've been set apart. You're his. And then finally, we see in verse two, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see that grace and peace always go together. It's quite common as we look at this, grace and peace. And the word peace is actually the word shalom, which we know very well. But you can't know peace of God until you know the grace of God. That's how that works. And grace is first, it's the unmerited favor of God. It's God bestowing His blessing on you. It's us remembering that He sent His Son to die on the cross. And we deserve judgment, but He saved us. He blessed us because of grace. When we look at Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 10, we know this verse very well. It says, for by, the gra- for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, it says, Who has saved us and called us with holy calling, with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. It's grace. I've told you all before, there's enough grace for the journey. Y'all need to remember that. And it's a lot of of times we can beat ourselves up or we look at where we're at in our life and you have to realize like there is grace for this journey. And if you're in a place where you're going, man, I just need to, I need to get right with God. Then you just do that. You repent and you get back up and you get moving. You confess that sin because there's grace for the journey. You're in pursuit of holiness. You're not holy. You sin daily. That's the beauty of forgiveness of what was done on the cross. And I think we miss that at times. Like it's not just the one time that you say the sinner's prayer. Like he did that because he knew that you were sinners. I'm a sinner. He's like, Mike, you're going to continue to sin until I call you to be home with me. And the thing that you're going through that you've been set apart for is sanctification. I'm trying to to prepare you for heaven. 
I have holy work that's been prepared beforehand. Like before you even decided, before, I knew before you were going to decide to come to Christ. I knew you, and I knew what I was going to have prepared for you. That's amazing. And we think of the grace that, that, that God bestows on us. It's unmerited. And then he talks about the peace. The peace is the results of the grace. In Romans chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, having, uh, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You want peace? You need Christ. The world is searching for peace. Remember we talked about love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind last week. Or was that last week? Was it last week? We did discipleship last week. That was a couple weeks ago. Right? But when we talk about that, it's like understanding that when I have peace in my heart, in my soul, in my mind because of the Lord. Because of the grace. And that relationship is so important. That's why he tells us in John 16, 33, again, I have peace. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When the world is stressing you out, you need to open the Word of God. That's where you're going to find peace. When the world is stressing you out, that's when you need to start praying. When the world is stressing you out, that's when you call one of your brothers or sisters in Christ, and you just tell them, hey, man, I'm, I need you to pray. You know, it's, it, that's, what are we here for then? Like, it, if, if we've been given the tool, which is the Word of God, we've been given the, the Holy Spirit, it's like, let's, let's, you know, there, there should be peace in your home. There should be peace in your marriage. There should be peace in the fellowship and peace in the church, peace in our nation. But we see a nation that's not, they're running, the nation's running from God, not to God. And so, what do we do? We stand for Christ. We stand for Christ. Be bold and stand for Christ. A lot of people don't want to do that now. I have no problem doing that because I was prior military. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> this is the army I'm in now. I'm in the Lord's army. God's calling me to go do something. I go do it. I spoke at a Spanish church Tuesday. They asked me to come teach. I had to have a translator. It was awesome. And I was like, man, if this is the... If this is the only time they get the Word of God, then praise God. We're going we're gonna to bring the Word, right? And, and so I, I, I taught, and I had, a, I had a blessed time, and I met a man named Israel. Beautiful man, 79 years old, retired from the ministry, served with the same pastor, and retired. When the senior pastor retired, he retired. He was his number two, his second in command, his assistant pastor. And, and, and he asked me a question, and, and he goes, will you take, and he's very forceful. He's from Puerto Rico, and he's like, when, he, when he's talking to you, because he, he's grabbing you, and he keeps doing like, are you paying attention to me? I'm paying attention. And, and he asked me, he goes, will you take some wisdom? I said, that man's been walking with God since 1964. I'm like, you've known the Lord longer than I've been alive. Yes. And, um, and he shared with me, he was like, the beauty of, of Christ is that we, we have grace, right? He goes, but don't stop growing. You think because you're here at, at this level that that's like you can't, there's nothing else you need to learn. He's like, no, there's so much more you need to learn. You never, he goes, even me, I'm 79, I'm still learning, still learning. 
And, I, and, I, and you know, the beauty of it was, is, you know, um, that's who Margarita was to anybody that was on the prayer. That was his daughter. She had a tumor in her head, and then as the tumor pressed, and, it, and then she had a stroke from it, they had to remove the tumor. And, and she's talking now, and, and she's going through physical therapy. And, um, and, and so the, the reality of it is, is what I love is like it, the only thing I could think of is like as we, as we dive into Ephesians, one of the things that we want to do is we want to, I want you to, to remember and, and know grace and know peace and continue to grow. I, I, the last thing I want you here in church doing is just coming to church. I want you to know grace and know peace in your marriage. I want you to know grace and know peace as a husband, as a father, as a mother, as a wife. I want your kids to know grace and know peace and be in Christ as a pastor. Because if you know grace and you know peace, you know this. When you don't have grace, you have no, no peace. When there is no grace, there is no peace. It tells us that, that last little part of the verse, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I love that because Paul, like if you have somebody who goes, man, Jesus isn't Lord, take them right to that verse. Paul uses the Lord Jesus Christ, the title. Like he's the Lord. And I love that because he didn't hesitate to put him at the same level as God the Father. Many religions that won't do that. In relationship with Jesus Christ, we understand that we have God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. And Paul, just right off the bat, at the very start of the book, the Lord Jesus Christ. In John 5, verse 23, it says that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent me. And that Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior, the chief priest, the King of kings. And we'll end here. Um, Sarah, you can go ahead and come on up. You know what, Tony? Y'all get started. Um, Steve. Hey. I'm going to put you to work here, buddy. Can you go down and get the youth and get the children's? I wanted to share this with you because this is actually the saddest part about this church. This church actually was um, the church of Ephesus, which was the Apostle Paul, Timothy, the Apostle John. Right? Great pastors, great preachers, everything, right? They're biblically teaching. We know it. But some 30 years later, Jesus speaks about them in the book of Revelation, right? In Revelation chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, it says, To the angel of the, uh, of the church of Ephesus, right? These things say, He who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen repent and do the, the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent now a lot of people will teach that incorrectly and say you've lost your first love you don't lose your first love you don't lose your salvation but you can leave it 
They left it. Meaning that they left it for something else besides Jesus. They decided that this thing that they were chasing, this church, and this church is still doing, very important to understand that they're still, you have persevered in patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. They're still busy doing works. But they left Christ. And that's what idolatry does. Idolatry, we put something ahead of Christ and, and unfortunately it pulls us away. And so I want you to think about that as we go through the book of Ephesians. It only took 30 years for this church to fall and have to be in a place of repentance because they had left Christ for something else. They were chasing something else. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. Uh, we hope that you enjoy today's broadcast. If you'd like to give to this ministry, uh, what I would always suggest is give to this radio station. It's because of this radio station that we have great expository teachers uh, for you, and I would say uh, make that donation to them. I hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful day. God bless you. Remember, you can find us at calvarydivine.org. calvarydivine.org. God bless you.